Reel on Reels, Episode 11. High Noon Shootout Deathmatch. Part 3. The Wild Bunch. Hey everybody, welcome back to part three of our four-part high noon shootout showdown western duel uh, deathmatch Mexican <laughs> thing showdown <laughs> Mexican standoff. I think that's what they call a, th- a three-way uh, gun stare down. Yeah, the next episode will be the the big shootout right where we are will be pitting three films against one another we've already talked about rio bravo which was released in 1959 then we talked about fistful of dollars which was released five years later in 1964 and then this one's released another five years later 1969 it's the wild bunch directed by sam peckinpah 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 it's a cool name the director of other such films as Straw Dogs and Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Ooh, that sounds interesting. It's a good one. Haven't seen that. Not not really uh, f- familiar with Peck and Paw, but this film definitely impressed me. Yeah, this is a a notable shift in American westerns. Peck and Paw was American, um, and I, I can definitely see a spaghetti western influence. Yeah, definitely. In in this. Yeah, we're sort of we chose these films as a way of tracking the development of the western genre from, you know, the the idyllic glamorous past, you know, the the, the John old, Wayne. Yeah, represented colorful sets and Yeah, often by John Wayne films and we chose Rio Bravo as our first one of the deathmatch because it's um it sort of represents like the end of the that classic era. It's a good just like overview of it. It has a lot of the archetypes in it and just made by, you know, masters, John Wayne and, and Howard Hawks. And, right. Um, they were just, they were the masters of that kind of Western. And, um, it's just a good overview of, of the, of that type. And then it also had a connection to the Spady Westerns cause it actually, in some ways led to those films being made. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cause of its popularity in Europe. Mm hmm. And I think the the shift that we see, that we saw in these three films, has a lot to do with the violence shown. Definitely, and yeah. how much in how, in how much detail people get shot in Rio Bravo and people get killed in Rio Bravo, mm-hmm. but in Leone, in Leone's movies, there's blood. It wasn't too much. I mean, it was you saw it um, every now and then. And yeah, there's more fire than blood. Yeah, say. yeah. But it, with Peck and Paul, Peck and Paul is blood shooting out of people, meat spilling out of wounds. Like, yeah, it's much more realistic. Yeah, um, way way gritty. And I wouldn't I wouldn't even say it's over the top. I would just say it's no, he tries yeah. to be real, right? With it, just the 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 open wounds and the blood shooting out, and yeah, um, there's a lot more. But it's not like you know. Um, that Peter Jackson movie, uh, Dead Alive. Like it's not that amount of blood, but right. <laughs> but and, there's some blood. And you talked about in the last episode on Fistful of Dollars, how about how many cuts in the film Leona <laughs> uses? This movie, yeah, takes that to a whole other level. It's almost like he was trying to one up Leona in some ways. There were there's there's shots in here that are 
like only three or four frames long and you can barely perceive them. Yeah. Like I, I there's just during like gun duels, there are specifically shots that I remember kind of like seeing very quickly of like wounds, like right. blowing open or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's really I even got awesome. Some, I even got some stats here to back you up, Rob. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, uh, the original release contains about 3,643 editorial cuts. Wow. And uh, the average shot length is about three seconds. So <laughs> throughout the whole film. Yeah. So that is ridiculous. Like, right. That's a r- insane amount of editing. Right. Yeah. It's very frenetic. It's in some ways it's like the opposite of a Tarantino film, even though he was influenced by Westerns quite a bit. Oh yeah. And Peckinpah for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, he Tarantino is known for long takes and this was very much the opposite of that. Yeah. It's very, it's, it, it's very hyper. It is. Yeah. It's frenetic. It's real. It's, it's exciting. It's intended to kind of get your blood pumping. I think. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, to talk what, go ahead and talk a little bit about what it's about. Yeah. So the overall plot basically, and there's a lot of plot details in this movie. Um, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's about these these two groups basically that are not good guys or bad guys. They're just kind of on the different sides of the law in some ways because one of them is basically a bunch of hired bounty hunters hired by a, a railroad tycoon uh, by the name of Coffer, played by Strother Martin. Yeah, he hires these bounty hunters because his trains keep getting robbed. Right, and the the film starts out with a, a confrontation between them, which of course sets up the rest of the plot, um, and. The other, the other group is the wild uh, bunch, the wild bunch. Yeah. Um, uh, led by Pike and Dutch played by, uh, William Holden and Ernest Borgnine. Respectively. They're, yeah. Uh, they're, um, you know, you gotta be a good podcast host and finish sentences sometimes. That's just how it goes. Uh, so <laughs> they are the, yeah, they're the wild bunch. They're the ones who they're, they go, they come into this town at the beginning of the, of the film and, the um that co- the uh the tycoon guy coffer that we mentioned he's ready for them because Speaking he's of coffer. <coughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's hired these um these uh sort of mercenaries i guess led by uh deke thornton who's uh played by robert ryan and that comes uh his uh, association with the wild bunch comes in to the film later and adds a lot yeah because he used to be one of the gang right yeah. um but now he's chasing him mm-hmm. yeah so it's a really interesting um it's like they wanted to really drive home the point that these are not good guys. Like oh, there's no good versus bad here. Yeah. These are bad people. Right. Which is another transition. We kind of went, we see with these three films, Rio Bravo. There's this definite line. Mm-hmm. These people are good. These people are bad in fistful of dollars. Clint Eastwood is good. I would say for the most part, but it's that line is started kind of, it's kind of blurred because he does use innocent people. As pawns, as yeah. As pawns. He's primarily an opportunist who occasionally does a good thing for right. somebody. And this one is, I mean, these people use innocent people as shields. Um, <laughs> they do awful stuff. They shoot innocent people. They, they're bad. They're outlaws. <laughs> they're bad people. Right, yeah. And it's um, it's all about just getting what they want and getting living their lifestyle. Like, this mm. is just what they do. Right. Like, they, there's even a, uh, an interesting scene where Pike and Dutch, the two leaders of the Wild Bunch, they're just kind of like lounging or they're about to, yeah, they're about to go to bed by fire and um, they're just drinking and, and reminiscing and they're um, they both say, 
you know, we wouldn't have it any, any other way. Yeah, he goes, hey, Dutch. And he goes, I, yeah, I know. I wouldn't have it any other way either. Yeah, that's just, this is just what these guys do. Yeah. They, you know, they're outlaws. Um, and and the, the film opens up with them robbing one right. of the train depots um, for some silver. Yeah, they go into this town. It's a really memorable scene because it's just um, there's a sense there's there's a, a sense of dread right from the beginning because you you see these kids laughing around this like hill ant hill that's like devouring these scorpions. Yeah, they've dumped they've dropped these scorpions into a pit of fire ants, and they're eating these scorpions alive. Yeah, and and I also kind of got the sense from that like these children are kind of constantly surrounded by this environment this you know wanted dead or alive kind of existence mm-hmm. um and they see awful things i'm sure that's not the only robbery they've ever seen right yeah so it kind of like go i think it just kind of tap tapped into the feeling that these kids are starting to play on those kind of urges mm, interesting like yeah. those kind of violent tendencies that they're just picking up from their environment. Yeah. You can, a lot of times you can tell a lot of the subtext and the intentions of the filmmaker by like the way they begin and the way they end a film. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think it's fair to read into that and, and um, to think about how, what he was trying to say with that scene, because it, there's no kids really for the rest of the movie. Um, it's just that one. That's just the intro. They, they he adds that as like, while he's in, kind of introducing the, the characters as they ride into town, the leaders of the wild bunch. Yeah. You know, this is going on at the same time um, with these kids. And uh, so, yeah, interesting stuff there, but so the, this, um, yeah, they, they go into the, go into this town and this town, this is one of the things that um, really distinguished this movie from the other two that we've talked about for me was that I felt like this was a real place. Hmm this town that they're in like because of the way everything is staged it's like there's a lot of extras which there were not in (laughs) these other two movies and they're um it's just like normal people they're having what is it that's that's going on a funeral procession that's going down the the street the main road um no there was a temperance temperance oh that's a a temperance rally yeah Yeah. so it's like this like kind of women's not just a women's group but it's like they plan their robbery around this parade so that they could get out and right. use that as a kind of a distraction. But what ends up happening is all those people get shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it starts out with like this, this preacher preaching about alcoholism and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, He's like pl- making these people pledge. They, they won't drink and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they, um, this, this parade of temperance people is caught in the middle of a, a huge gunfight. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's crazy. There's just, and this is where the, the frenetic cuts start. Where oh, people, pe- it's an immediate epic gunfight. Right. The opening scene is a, a huge gunfight. Yeah. And it starts off with the main character going, if any of the hostages move, kill them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. The, the people like that were in the office is, are being held in a room by this like wild-eyed dude who he's like making them sing and stuff. Yeah, he's like licking the one girl's ear. Yeah. Real creepy. And he uh, he ends up killing the, them because they end right. up moving. Right. Um. But, but but it goes to show like these are the people that we're focusing on in this movie. These are supposed to be our protagonists and right. we're seeing them do awful things. Right. 
And in some ways, this movie might even be like a, a precursor to some of the um, gangster movies that followed it. Sure, yeah. In that you are, you know, like Scarface and those kinds of movies. Like you're you're watching, and even like up to The Sopranos and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you're, you know, your protagonists are these awful people, and you you grow to care about them in some mm-hmm. ways. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, it's a weird, um, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Sopranos, mafia movies, all of that. It's, it's very strange that mafia movies can get away with it. Yeah. That they're as popular as they are, but I think they're as popular as they are because of the violence and yeah. because of the stories. Yeah. But, um, I think that makes up for it, but it's interesting because usually when you're trying to make a protagonist, you want people to like them. Yeah, you want to, want it to be somebody who they can put themselves in the shoes of. Right. It's kind of like Walter White, but Walter White, like from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. He, you, you love him, but then you just <laughs> you realize, holy crap, this guy is a monster. Yeah. <laughs> well, w- watching that, yeah, it's. And they they also they pull a little bit of a different tactic on that because they he starts out being, um, a guy who's who's likable just kind of because he's kind of normal, I right. think. Um, he's just kind of an, a regular dude. Like he's a little pathetic, but um, you know he's not. He he becomes something very very different. Sure. So, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Um, and uh yeah i was surprised to see that in a western like even even no going into this knowing that this was going to be like a revisionist western mm-hmm. that that kind of um was very controversial at the time yeah for like issuing i hate the word issue but it pops out sometimes uh, <laughs> for issuing the the traditional western tropes um and being kind of unabashedly realistic mm-hmm. i still was surprised by it it's still it kind of shocked me in some ways yeah it's it's very brutal it is yeah it's especially very... for a movie that came out in 1969 oh yeah yeah that's even more crazy because some of the gore in this is there. there's gore where it's just like just blood but there's like this is a this is the kind of gore where there's like meat involved yeah <laughs> like ground beef or something it's like <laughs> and there's not really even any profanity is there not really. Yeah, I thought that was a little, little odd, actually, a little incongruous. There's well, some listen, nudity, but not like Americans can't stand the profanity, but <laughs> they they'd love their gore. That's true. <laughs> and I say that as Amer- an American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pro- profanity kind of has to be used in the right way. I think. No, it's just there's a lot of prudes in this country. Well, yeah, fair enough. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it, I, I watching this. I had th- today was the first time that I'd watched it ever, and um, I got a sense that I really only got from an, one other movie, and that was Apocalypse Now from 1979, directed by uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Because that movie, in that movie, I feel like I'm there. Like I'm in Vietnam, I'm like experiencing mm. these things. It's so engrossing, yeah. Because like it's just so realistic how everything is staged and set up, and just the, the acting, and um, it just feels so like gritty and real and raw. And um, I I felt like that for a lot of this film. Like it, I was in a real place, and um, you know, these things were really happening. Not that like 
massive bloodbaths we're, we're the norm exactly right. but it's just the 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 realism of the feel of it sure not necessarily the histor- historicity of it <laughs> yeah and i think that probably has to do a lot with the kind of it's a gritty film and not in just its violence but also in its production it looks almost documentary yeah 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 it, it looks really good especially mm-hmm. for a film as old as it is and um, it did. It was a pretty high budget movie at the time of six point two million. Um, yeah, and that was it was quite a bit in the sixties. <laughs> um, and you can you can it, it has very high production values. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, just everything about it was obviously, you know, it, it has that sense that they really put a lot of effort into into the details, mm-hmm. much more so than the, the even. I mean, Real Bravo. I mean, okay. Like, you know, it was, it was high production values, but this is just like another level because in order to get that kind of, um, the, what it's a much broader scope film. Yeah. There's a, a lot more, it's a much more epic film, right? A lot more cameras, a lot more angles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just more locations too. a lot more locations. Yeah. A lot more people involved. Um, just a, a more intricate story. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I've definitely felt like. I was in a, a big monumental kind of project, mm. you know? Yeah. And speaking of the story, so they rob this place and they get into an altercation with the bounty hunters that are after them. And then they escape from that. I think how many members of their, of the wild bunch died? It was like, Oh, I don't know. It's hard to keep track of everybody. Yeah, it's like three or four. <laughs> this movie has a lot of characters. Yeah, because that was the first battle. They died like immediately. You don't really get to know them. Right. The gang that we know is the gang post-robbery. Right. And they hide out. They they flee. They head to Mexico, right? Right, yeah. yeah Most of the movie takes place Agua, in Mexico. Yeah, they head to Agua Verde, which is the closest town to where they cross the border. And... um. They find a general. What was his name again? Mapacho, right? Um, Mapache. 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 The Federale General. Because the, uh, we should mention, <laughs> this movie is taking place during the Mexican Revolution. Right. 19, I think, 13? Yes. Was the year? Yeah. So that, that figures heavily into the plot. Yeah. So think of, the, this is kind of like the dying Wild West. Right. Where cars are starting to be invented and planes and um the wild west is just starting to yeah they talk about planes as if you know much like red dead redemption 2 which is kind of what inspired this whole series (laughs) oh yeah yeah it's funny they talk about their they 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 see a car and they're like yeah yeah it runs on uh either alcohol or gasoline yeah yeah and they because like they don't see cars normally and oh yeah like and the the older guy um one of the wild bunch he mentions uh I don't remember the guy's name at the moment, but he's like, Oh, I hear they got these that fly. <laughs> yeah. And they don't even know what, they don't even know that it's called a plane. Right. The character's right. name is Freddie. Um, he's, he's a funny guy. <laughs> he's got real bad teeth and he's always cracking jokes and laughing. Yeah. So they, they come across this general Mapache <laughs> and played by Emilio Fernandez. Yeah. And they agree to, steal to rob a train uh, a military train of their weapons they didn't want american weapons because i guess the german there's like a german 
commander that's, I guess, really in charge. He's like the general's boss, mm-hmm. and he wants a sneak peek at American weaponry. Yeah, that guy's weird. He's like he has like a German accent, but he kind of looks Mexican. And then there's another guy who's like just white, who's German. <laughs> yeah, but and they so they agree to do that train robbery. Right. Right. They 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 they're gonna steal sixteen cases of rifles and ammunition. Yeah. And so they do that. And the other thing is that this general, they're going through a war with the rebellion, like right. you said, the Mexican, Mexican Revolution. Revolution. Yeah. So Pancho Villa's revolutionaries have been kind of attacking this fort or whatever it is, the city that the. Uh, Mexican army has kind of taken over. Yeah, it's just it's their like party town basically. <laughs> there's a there's a, some pretty extended scenes of of like the wild bunch just kind of frolicking and apparently, prostitutes. Yeah, and, actual prostitutes were hired for the yeah. making of the film. So. Yeah, Sam Peckinpah wanted to be able to say that Warner Brother hired prostitutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they swim around in wine vats and <laughs> it's, it's pretty, pretty uh, decadent stuff, but that's yeah. the kind of movie that this is. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very decadent. Yeah. Um, so what happens next? <laughs> so they, they, there's this great train robbery scene, right? Which is actually a lot of it is improvised, which is, I, I was surprised to learn yeah. because it's one of the most, one of the more memorable scenes. Um, but they, uh, they get away with this stuff and, uh, what's the Deke Thornton, uh, played by Robert Ryan. He's still chasing them. He's this the head is of the, the bounty hunters. Yeah. He's, he, this is the guy that used to be friends with Pike, the leader of the wild bunch. Mm-hmm. And you see, there's a couple of flashbacks that are really integral to the character arcs of this movie because, um, one of them is that, um, is Deke, getting shot when their house is raided um, mm. by uh, some cops or whatever when they're, or, well, I guess it wouldn't call them cops, deputies, whatever. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, they uh, they had just robbed a bank or something and, and uh, Pike is all like, oh, they won't find us here. And he's just like hanging out with the girls and stuff. And then of course they come, they come knocking and uh, Deke gets shot and that's their separation. And that's why they kind of went different way, you know, Uh, took different paths right um and so he's he's chasing him and that's the whole most of the movie is him chasing these guys and he's got this ragtag group of guys that were hired by this railroad tycoon guy and yeah and they're morons yeah they're just the most they're just awful they have no idea what they're doing um so this is what he has to work with while he's tracking these guys and they're and he even says at one point i wish i was with him you know because these are like (laughs) these are like the the high skilled like outlaws you know right know what they're doing and um so they basically they they set up the series of trades with the mexican general and at, at one point actually we should uh mention the one of the wild bunch angel played by jamie sanchez he plays a really um central role in the plot mm-hmm. because he is always he's they want him with the group but he's always you know kind of um pining for like his to go back to like his people, he says, like this town yeah. in, in Mexico, and like he's he misses his sister who went with um, Mapache and, mm-hmm. and Mapache and his men at one point, and like 
one of the old guys in the town, his towns is like, oh, she even went, you know, willingly. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't uh, kidnapped or anything. Was that his sister? I thought it was his uh, girl he was like in love oh, with. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it was his fiance. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Teresa. Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, um, he sees Teresa with one of, you know, Mapache's dudes and he kills her. Yeah. <laughs> so again, that's the kind of movie this is. Yeah. He just murders a woman. Um, because he's with, she's with another man. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but he, that guy, he steals a crate of the weapons right. that they stole for the Mexican government. Well, the, he, the Pike agrees to give it to him. He doesn't actually steal oh, it. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they kind of, they, he gets accused of that. And right. they don't, the wild bunch don't uh, admit that that's what went down. Right. Because they find him out. And then as soon as they find him out, that he yeah, stole. Dutch just sells him down the river immediately. Like he's just yeah. like, ah, I'm getting out of here. Yep. Uh, that was a harsh move. Very harsh. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, so they start torturing him. Yeah. They during str- the party. Mm-hmm. They string him up behind some horses and drag him through the city. The car. It was a car. Oh, was it? It was the general's car, yeah. Oh, okay. Because the general had a, you know, the only car probably in the country. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, that's what they were dragging him behind with. And they come yeah. back a couple times for him, the wild bunch. Because they yeah. come back the first time when they find him that he's being dragged behind that car. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we'll pay you for him. Mm-hmm. And the general's like, no, I don't, uh, I've got money. Yeah. I don't need money. Um, yeah, I just want to have fun with him. Yeah, and this guy, yeah, he's on the brink of death at that point. Mm-hmm. So then the wild bunch decides, all right, let's go get him. Yeah, there's a scene where they kind of just go off to like a brothel, I think. and Yeah. And then they all just kind of realize, yeah, well, there's only four of them left. And uh, because good old, um, oh, I which one? The, the old dude, uh, Freddie. Good old Freddie oh, has yeah. been shot in the leg and he's out there somewhere. And, um, so they, you know, it's just down to those four guys and there's this scene, which actually was kind of also improvised where it's just the four of them just walking into town in a line and actually like, it's cool how they have it set up because the guy on the left has his rifle, he's holding his rifle and pointing it to his mm. right. And the guy on the right has his rifle pointed to the yeah. left and the guys in the middle have pistols. Um, it's a very, just a very, it's a memorable scene. There's a lot of stuff like that in this movie that are mm-hmm. just like, it's just cool. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Shots. Again, it's that Leone coolness factor yeah that yeah gets kind of dragged along into this new style yeah and um so yeah they go into the town and um this is this is what the whole movie leads up to like everything else you you there's a lot that you can say about you know the interrelation interrelations between the characters and mm-hmm. just the plethora of great performances right but this is what everything leads up to this this bloodbath where these four guys go into this town and everybody just dies. Like, yeah, they kill all of the soldiers. Well, they get, they try to get uh, angel back. Yeah. Yeah. And angel, the general says, okay, I'll give him back. So he cuts him free and leads him over to the group and then slits his throat mm-hmm. in front of them. Mm-hmm. At which point the wild bunch fires and kills the general. At which point <laughs> the entire Mexican army's dumbstruck yeah. for like, there's a lot of moments 30 like, seconds where there's no they're like what there's a lot of moments like that in this movie it's just like comedy amidst the tension yeah that's yeah. one of the things that that they um that i thought was very unique about the movie and clever like he they the, there's these 
uh, comedic moments placed at, at strategic moments yeah. where it's, there's a lot of tension and it's just like all dissipated, mm. but then it's brought back in this moment, in this particular instance. Right. Um, but yeah, so that everybody's just dumbstruck and they're just kind of laughing and standing around. Yeah. And then, then the bloodbath begins. Yes. <laughs> then the real bloodbath begins because, uh, I think it, who is it? Uh, uh, Pike shoots the other, um, like one of the, one of his, uh, like right hand. I men. think it was the German guy. Oh, okay. He the shoots, German like yeah. leader, the guy that's like actually the general's boss mm-hmm. or overseer. Yeah, and then they just kind of they start ducking behind things and going around and shooting people from the shadows and they different people have turns at the get at the machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> There's a machine gun that they well, they stole a Gatling gun <laughs> yeah. and like everyone's like, Oh, Gatling gun and There's um, a hilarious scene where the general's trying to use it and he ends up shooting up the town. Yeah, they refuse to put up, put it on its tripod. <laughs> yeah. Um But I mean Do you think, oh, what was I going to, I was going to ask something. It was a good question too. Oh no. Oh no. You go, you go. Okay. So I'll think of this, there's the, this massive bloodbath, um, which is, uh, influenced, uh, Tarantino quite a bit, I think. Oh yeah. Some of the, yeah. Almost a lot of his movies have a third act bloodbath, like Jingle Unchained. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but that's, that's something that you, you see, you don't see a lot of that kind of thing well you do see a lot of movies sometimes like in the crime genre where like everybody kind of gets shot at the end Mm. like the departed or something um but yeah i mean this scene holds up as being pretty um just insane like just the chaos and just how the number of people that die it's still just (laughs) like (laughs) i can't imagine it must have seemed so over the top in 1969 oh yeah and of course all the wild bunch get killed but they all get shot like 10 times each so <laughs> oh yeah that's the other thing i was gonna say like this was basically a suicide mission right and they knew that going in right even though they already had all their gold yeah they had everything mm-hmm. um so does that redeem them i don't know does that kind of i mean it can't possibly redeem them from this is kind of like your question about uh <laughs> About uh, the fistful well, of dollars where you're asking, is the town better off? Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, does this kind of redeem them in your eyes? Even though the, the person they're trying to save from torture is just as bad of people as they right. are. That's very much, I think, the intention is to to give you a moment of like of reflection and thinking, oh, well, eh, they kind of did the right thing. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it redeems them. I, I just, I think it is just, um, it's a, it was a good reason for them to just kind of go out in a blaze of glory instead of right. hightailing it out of there and maybe getting escaping with their lives, um, you know, w- that which they might not have anyway. Um, and in fact, even uh, even um, Deke, Deke Thornton, the guy who's uh, leading the, the bounty hunters, if you can call them that, um, when they get there after the massive bloodbath, um, he sends all his guys away with the bodies knowing that they're just going to get gunned down by the army or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they do. Right. Yeah. He doesn't even take the bodies with, cause he's just like, I know it's about to go down. And that's exactly what happened. Zeke or not Zeke Sykes, Freddie Sykes. That's, that's his name. His last name, right? Freddie. Oh yeah. Yeah, old, yeah. Yeah. He's like the only guy that survives basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's and the he's only the wild group. bunch guy that survives. I, yeah. And then the only, bounty hunter guy that survives is deke right and they go off together at the end yeah yeah 
Deke's like, well, I guess I don't want to die. And decides to uh, go off with Z- uh, Sykes on their little journey. Yeah, I how did how did Sykes not were that were those like rebels that he was with or? I think so. I think it was the rev- he wanted them to like join the revolution. <laughs> That's hilarious. He just did what he had to do. Basically, he's like, eh, sure, I'll join the revolution. Why <laughs> yeah. not? I don't want to die like you because yeah. they, they just said, yeah, we found your friends. Right. We uh, took care of them pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, and um, oh yeah, okay. That was why he took him out because he was like, screw those guys. They're after me. Right. Um, yeah. So that's funny how Freddie <laughs> ends up as part of the, the resistance because he's like, eh, it's something to do. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what he says at the end. He's like, it's not like it used to be, but it's something. <laughs> yeah. Or he's like, it works. Or I don't remember exactly what he says. And Deke is like, mm, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what would you give this movie? What would I give it? Um, do we want to do uh, some reviews first, or do we want to just give the ratings? And let's give our ratings like we usually do. Do we give them? Oh, I guess we do give them before. Okay. Oh, come on! Get together, Jeremiah. Get oh it together. God. Okay. Oh my, my rating. Um, you know, I think this is a movie. It, it's a fun movie in a lot of ways, and it's um, it. I love that it has that uh, controversial element to it because mm-hmm. um, those it's always just interesting to to look to see how these films kind of push the envelope or push the um widen the, the scope of what's considered acceptable in film i think this is one of those ones that did that and um it's just it's we didn't even we didn't even have time to talk about how great all these performances were oh yeah i mean these actors are just incredible um ernest borgnine yeah i love that guy it's really good in this Mm-hmm. Um, man, I personally, I'm going to go with a nine. Ooh. Okay. Um, so a high rating, not top, top tier, but, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't give it much less than that. I, I personally like, um, films that aren't massive bloodbaths really. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I think what kind of redeems it for me, I probably might've given it a, a lower rating, but the, that, ending is kind of funny and there's just a lot of um good um interplay between the characters in this movie Mm. and there's just it's just so well done i can't give it any less than a nine and good music too we didn't even talk about the music oh yeah no more coney who did do the music for this one you know what i didn't write down that composer i forgot let me uh yeah we'll check but any while you look for that i will give my score i um I'm not far off from you. I would say probably. Jerry Fielding did the music score. Gotcha. I would give the Wild Bunch an eight point. Uh, four. Okay. I, uh, hmm. I thought you might go a little little higher on that one, but I like it a lot. Um, I do think these movies tend to be too long sometimes. I could see, yeah, I could see that being a complaint. It's a complaint about Apocalypse Now as well. It's also a two and a half hour movie. I mean, there's, I guess it's unfair comparing it to standards back then because. Back then, that was 
uh, I, I wouldn't say an average movie length, but it was certainly not really long. Nowadays, that's really long. Hmm. I would say. Well, maybe not with like Marvel movies now. Marvel movies are about that long now, so I guess that's kind of in line. Yeah, it's not. It's not a crazy length. I guess it's for like a big blockbuster. They did well. The one the the wide release version was about ten minutes shorter. Oh, okay. After because after the after it premiered, they cut it. Two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, Warner Brothers wanted to cut about ten minutes out of it. Yeah. Well, I. I don't know. I I just prefer. I love this movie, but I. A little too much. I think there's just too much going on. I did notice um, that it was a little hard to follow at times. Yeah. Because there's a lot of little little details about like, wait, why are these guys suddenly in this different town now? And like, and and if you're not really following closely to what everybody is saying, it can it can be hard to follow. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, eight point four. I think. I'll have to. I'm gonna have to start writing down my scores and see like where these movies are stacking up, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. how they're stacking up score wise together. Because um, I don't know. I just kind of give my ratings based on how I feel at the time and not necessarily yeah, how it compares to the other scores yes, I've given. Especially when you're doing like a tenth of a point things, like it, you know, you're uh, <laughs> right. You feel differently at different times about it. Um, but we've got uh, IMDb. Uh, there's a solid eight. And uh, all movie actually gives it five stars. Oh wow! I, all movie seems to favor um, historical importance a lot, mm. and so I think the fact that it was a controversial movie automatically gives it some clout and gotcha. for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, this uh, has ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes mm. for the critics, and for the critics, yeah, yeah, and for audiences, it's ninety one. So uh, it is a popular. Yeah, movie. universally the board. Uh, renowned. Let's see uh, what some of these people have to say about it. Let me uh, pull up my old, my old pocket computer. <laughs> Penelope Houston of The Spectator says, Peck and Paul plates simple strands into an intricate pattern of contradictions and moral ambiguities. There's quite a few moral ambiguities. Yeah, I would well, say there's so a lot of also sure. a lot of moral extremes too. <laughs> yeah. Um, David Anson of Newsweek says, "Rotten." Underneath the movie, which is set on the eve of World War One, there's an elegiac plagiarism that stays with you long after the shocks have sh- have worn off. The Wild Bunch still won't go down easy. <laughs> well, it doesn't go down easy. Of course not. It's not supposed to. <laughs> Um, Barbara Shulgas of Common Sense Media says, Two out of five, extremely violent 60s Western with drinking and sex. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How old is this lady? I don't know. Is she from 1800? Common or? Sense Media. That doesn't sound good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you got any more critic reviews uh, there? Um, I don't know. I like I like ending it with that prudish ladies one. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> uh, so let's go to the audience. Yeah, I, get, I get a I get a good audience. Oh, do you? A negative audience review because we don't care about the positive audience reviews. Usually. No, I mean <laughs> we like the movie. We're just going to agree with yeah. these people. <laughs> we got a we got a Kim B who gives it only one star. Couldn't connect to this film and overall crude attitude. It was long, misogynistic, corny, excessively violent, boring, and confusing. <laughs> the difference 
between the so-called outlaw good guys, aka the Wild Bunch, and the rest of the vile characters portrayed was slim. The movie had many characters, all of who you barely got to know, and had many nicknames, names and nicknames to memorize. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> the most overrated and dumb Western. Ugh. Just because the cinematography and details are beautiful, it's still a piece of trash wrapped with a bow tie. You know what else is a piece of trash wrapped in a bow tie? <laughs> this review. Flush it. All right. Yeah, that was, um, I mean, I, I like reading stuff like that just because it's like, no, you you did a good job of summarizing <laughs> yeah. why somebody might hate this right, movie. Right, right. So, you know, it's got some value. I got one uh, from Dan M. Two and a half stars. A western that's a wee bit long in the running time, but is still decent. Probably would have rated this higher if a half hour was shaved off. The climactic shootout was something that probably inspired Quentin Tarantino. So that was pretty awesome. Not sure if there was laughing gas on the set because there was a lot of awkward lengthy laughs for no real reason at all. Strange. I agree with that one. Uh, that lengthy laughs, like you were talking about, how there was some comedic tension yeah. uh, relief. Some Those were kind of weird. Yeah, some like, of the laughing is over the top. They were just like laughing maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is like this movie could be defined in one word: it's teeth. Because there's tons of teeth in this movie. <laughs> People just show their teeth. It's a toothy movie. It's a very toothy movie. <laughs> of all the. Of all three of these movies, this is the toothiest. Easily the toothiest. It's the Baba Booey <laughs> of westerns. Yeah, can't disagree with that. Ta-ta toothy. Um, you got any others that you wanted to read? Uh, I got a guy who whose argument basically is John Wayne hated this movie. Uh, oh, but I'm well, not going to read through that. John Wayne hated a lot of <laughs> things that were good. So, Um... Yeah, so I think that's really all I'm really seeing. Uh, pre- somebody, oh, here's one, Mike V, two and a half stars. At almost two and a half hours, this Western movie is far too long, and as a result, the pace is very slow. It is particularly graphic for its time, especially in the early scenes. It failed to keep his attention, blah, 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 considered one of the best of all time, blah, blah, blah. Actually, I don't think it is a slow-paced movie, really. Um, I think so much of it is these really tense scenes with a lot of cuts that even though there are some slower moments, that doesn't, for me, that it balances out. I don't know. I mean, I felt like I needed a little bit of a break sometimes. You know the action, I mean? the action scenes are very hectic, but there are also kind of a lot of superlative scenes. But like you said, you kind of feel like you need that break, but. I actually, I actually thought it I was think, a really good screenplay. I just think a lot of the, a lot of these movies sometimes feel the need to tell the audience too much about its characters. Mm, interesting. I think that's a general a general problem in a lot of, especially older movies. Not anymore. It's a lot more subtle. Yeah, I think in some ways that might be the transition from a more literary mindset to a more um, just cinematic mindset. Cinema- yeah, 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 and yeah, I agree with that. I think it just there. It, it's very telling when a movie is kind of old mm-hmm. because they often just go into details that you don't really need, and they kind of just bog down everything. Right. Um, this was before the big, you know, the big. Um, some are blockbuster type movies. Right. 
And um, so I think it is a kind of a relic of its time in that way. Yeah. I think, I mean, I mean, geez, any movie that's two and a half hours or longer, almost always is going to have too much. Yeah, well, There's yeah. very few, in my opinion, that keep your attention hmm. and try to do enough interesting things um, with that two and a half. There's very few movies that actually need the two and a half hours. Right, yeah. A lot of movies, they just feel like they were trying to pad out the script. Right. But I don't know. I didn't get that sense with this movie. Um, I do think that everything is... is I, I mean, not, I not not that it couldn't possibly be a little bit shorter, but I I do think that um, that that all the character development helps add a lot to that final scene because sure. you're not just you're just if you just watch a bunch of dudes like kill each other, it's it doesn't have much significance to yeah. it. But they they do build this relationship, especially between Pike and Dutch, where it, there is like kind of a poignant moment when they're both dying together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, that wouldn't have the significance that it had if they hadn't taken some time with those characters. Yeah, and also with characters as awful as uh, <laughs> people as these are, you kind of need to get to know them to even be interested in what they're doing. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Um, just because you have to, con- like we were talking about earlier, bad people need to have be in- kind of interesting. Tony Soprano... Right. Talking about the Sopranos, Tony Soprano is somebody that I love to death <laughs> in that show, but he is a monster. Right. Um, but I think, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good movie. Wild Bunch. <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah. But like a lot of older movies, I think it could have used a trimming. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, we've yet to find that. We've yet to, to uh, hit on a, a film that really ticks all the boxes for us maybe one of these days we'll do like a uh top movies for us yeah you know maybe start going through some of those but yeah wanna we wanna we're trying to uh do some movies that are interesting to revise if you will revisit is the word Ooh, like not revise yes. really but <laughs> and revise we're kickstarting a million a 30 million dollar project no, two hundred million dollar project. Why not make it three hundred million? Why not? <laughs> All right. Do you have anything more to say about the Wild Bunch? No. Um. Just uh, that this is uh, this is the point. This is the turning point for westerns, and this is why we picked this movie. Um, these three. I think we did a good job of, of picking those three. I haven't hadn't seen Wild Bunch before, and uh, was. Uh, uh, just kind of assuming that you made a good pick there, but yeah. now I know that you made a good pick <laughs> <laughs> All right. for the for our purposes. Yeah, and um, so next episode we will be finally, it'll finally be high noon, and we will be seeing which one of these movies is the quick the quickest draw on the West. Which one of them can can shoot from the hip and take out the other two like it's nothing? Yeah, before they even have breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So All right. So um we have our, our our shootout at the Reel on Reels Corral. Yeah. Yeah. Where uh we heard porcupine and platypi. Sure. I like porcupines. What about platypi? Sure. Great. So, 
If you would like to uh, see pictures of our platypi um, or porcupines, go to our Facebook yeah. or our Twitter. Yeah, all you got to do is search Real on Reels. Yeah. And, and you, know, you know how to spell those because they're in the logo. Yep, and uh, Real on Reels official at gmail.com is our email. Let's just... Uh, Thank you all for listening. Yeah, and just hold tight. Next week, it's going to be a showdown like you've never seen. Yeah, we got a, a longer episode for you. Blood everywhere. Won't, we won't really uh, see that, but it'll oh. be implied. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we still have some things to figure out with this podcasting stuff. We're going to have to get some more gore involved. Yeah. To, to add a little production value, a little, a little sound effect yeah. to it. Give it a little stretch. <laughs> and a bend. <laughs> see you guys. Bye. Bye.